0: We're Grant and Danny, and you are listening to The Fan. Remember, kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad. Help protect your assets and update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. You visit visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. Mention us for that discount. CK just made a declaration like mm-hmm. Vince McMahon on Raw many years ago. He would just walk down to the ring say, Danny... You're putting your title on the line tonight. Ryan will be doing a live. Ryan explains it all at our big event on February 2nd. Hey. 1067 the fan night versus the team 980 at Bethesda Theater. I think CK was in his office and heard Ryan suggest that maybe Jefferson Davis was on the ten dollar bill. And he said, you know what? We should probably let's do that live. Let's let the people see that. We'll do it live. Go buy your tickets. It's the fan and the Team 980. It's a huge event with all your favorite hosts in town. The Junks will be there. Be Mitch and Finley, me and Danny, the whole crew from across the hall as well. Get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. Presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Now we've just got to come up with some new ideas for him to discuss on Ryan Explains It All.
1: Indeed, sir. There's always some things percolating behind the scenes and those off-air conversations that lead a lot of times to Ryan Explains It All. We've been so busy with this whole football situation.
0: We'll have some time, I think. We'll come up with some stuff. I am looking forward to a live rendition. Will you get nervous in front of the masses, do you think? No, I think I may have a few adult sodas in me, but I will throw this out there. I've always said this, and we've kind of stayed clear from it. I'm a big geography guy. I love geography, and I will put my stake in the ground right now and say I'm the geography guy at 106.7 The Fan. Whoa! He, he wants Whoa. a geography off. That's so what he wants is a geography. Be that's really what the people want when they come out is to see us. All a geography quiz questions about geography.
1: Cleveland borders what river? What
0: river? You know, like uh, I, I, I will we're doing... come up with some geography questions. Maybe that can be the uh, the warm up event. We could quiz you on geography. I love that. But a live Ryan explains it all has been added to the rundown it sounds like, by our boss. So looking forward to February 2nd. It'll be right before I fly out to Vegas. A little time on Radio Row ahead of the Super Bowl. Hey, bud. February is a booming. All right, I just made my uh, declaration, Danny. This is going to be how I feel. I'm not changing this unwavering through the draft. You got to go quarterback. At number two, I will allow for a slight trade back in Jaden Daniels without getting very angry, but... I need you to get a QB in the top, I'm going to say top five. If you trade back, it's got to stay in the top five. You got to pick up a pick or two in the mid-rounds if you want, if you like Daniels more. I would just stay put and take Drake May. But uh, we're getting people's thoughts on that right now at 800-636-1067. They have to do it or we should be upset. Tell me why I'm wrong. So for
1: me, it's, I'm not quite as hard line, but I'm close. I would say if you move around and don't take one of the top three, you better be really smart about it. You better be right. I need you to come out with a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. That's what I need you to come out of this draft with, however that goes. If you pass on some of these guys at the top, they better stink, and the guy that you opt for instead better be great. If you go for one of the consensus top three guys
0: and it doesn't work, I won't be that mad. I promise you I won't be that mad. I can't see them not taking a quarterback, by the way. I think they're going to. It just makes too much sense with kind of the uh, harmony of everything happening this offseason. You've got your GM and your head coach coming in. You have your quarterback coming in. Like, imagine the feel and the vibes going into week one if you're debuting the Peters era with Johnson on the sideline and Mayett quarterback as opposed to, like, a competition between whether Jacoby's still here or Sam Howell is Uh maybe your starter or some other veteran, maybe Jacoby's somewhere else starting, and you bring in a a guy to compete with Sam Howell. You're in the
1: Case Keenum tier again. Like, how can anyone want that?
0: It just would be so different to kick off the era with the number two overall pick who everyone has been frothing at the mouth to see for months. All right, let's go back to the phones. Javellas and in Culpepper on Grant and Danny. What's up, Javel?
2: Hey, good evening, guys. How you doing?
0: What's up, buddy? Doing well, bud. Um, no, I, I wouldn't be
2: upset at all, man. I, I wouldn't be upset at all if, if we didn't take a quarterback at number two. Um, if, if, if Peters is as good as everyone says he is, uh, I believe we have to quote unquote trust the process. Um, if, if he's an, a great evaluator of talent, um, and he feels that <clears throat> there's a quarterback maybe in the third, fourth round, maybe a, a Penix or a, a Bo uh, Nix, um, I, I don't feel it's an issue. If, if he feels that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best option for this team at the number two pick, I, I don't feel that's a, a bad, a bad thing. Um, and, and I comp this to <clears throat> 2012 with Shanahan. We all know that Robert Griffin was Snyder's pick and, and not Shanahan. He came back in the fourth round and got Kirk Cousins, and now 13 seasons later, Kirk Cousins is still playing and Robert Griffin is out of the league. And and Kirk Cousins is playing the past four or five seasons as, as a top-ten quarterback. So if, if, if Peters is as good as he is, as, as all of us are have been led to believe, if he has an eye for talent, if he feels that there's a quarterback who's going to drop to the third or fourth round who can be a starter for 10, 12 years, I don't think there's an issue with us going a different route than the number two pick.
0: That's a great call, buddy. I mean, it's a really, really good call. Uh, I, I'm Four years ago when everyone wanted to do the in Ron we trust thing, and whenever I would have any question or comment or take issue with something you did, people would get upset and they go, Enron, we trust. <laughs> I just wasn't going to play that game. No. And it, To me, his track record didn't warrant it. That that was my problem. I will play the in-Peters-We-Trust game a little bit because I do think his track record warrants it. This is a guy that shows up with three titles in different roles, but who has had success everywhere he's been in his job at basically the highest level. I didn't view the staff that Rivera put together in the same light. That was a kind of a middling seven-win-ish type staff, and I just wasn't going to do the whatever Ron says I'm in with. No. How about no? They didn't win in Carolina. I will do that more with Peters, but I'm still going to be a grown up, and I'm still going to be and like a, a intuitive thinker, and I'm going to be introspective, and I'm not just going to go. Well, if they did this, then it's probably best. But I will say to JaVel's point, I think it's a really, really good call. This guy is a talent evaluator of the highest order. He. Helped. He was in a room when they found Purdy in the seventh round, which was a fit for Kyle Shanahan. If he decides, we really like Bo Nix, and they get him in round two, or or Michael Penix. The problem is, I think Penix is now going in the top ten. But like maybe they trade back to twelve and get Penix. Mm -hmm. Sure, Uh, get me a quarterback. That's my point. I need a quarterback. If they sit the whole draft out and they don't add a quarterback, that's going to be starting in September. I will be salty. Doesn't mean I'm going to be calling for Adam Peters' head. I'm not a crazy person, but I will think it was a mistake. So That's all.
1: To, to Javale's point, though, just to, uh, to piggyback on that, what I think is really smart is what I like now is I know that if there's a move or lack of a move or a signing or a release, there there's going to be something that correlates. We may not see it just yet, but it, the, the left hand's going to know what the right hand's doing. In other words, when you you cut a guy or you move on from somebody and you go, oh, his replacement's in house, and it's not, and then they find themselves in a panic. That's kind of one of the hallmarks here when we don't have a good roster builder over these. That's what this guy's doing. So again, it, it requires an awful lot of assumptions here. But assuming he doesn't love, you know, let's say his guy ends up going number one for the sake of argument. Let's say they love Drake May more than anybody else by a long shot, and, and May ends up going number one, and they don't really believe in, uh, you know, Daniels or or Caleb Williams for whatever reason. You don't want to. F- square peg round hole it, so if you have moves, there's going to be corresponding moves to to fill that gap. In other words, you may end up in the second round because you love J.J. McCarthy for for this system or for this design. You may love Bo Nix or, or, or Penix outside the top ten. I can get down with that because there, there's a part B to every move that that hasn't been here uh, in, in some time.
0: Sure. Again, though, they'd come out of the draft with a quarterback. Totally. Round three and beyond or something, like – that is not as appealing to me but if it is a quarterback who is being talked about as a starting caliber player i'm not a big mccarthy guy i think he was asked to do nothing at michigan and i'm supposed to believe he's going to be some great quarterback at the next level but let's just to use your hypothetical in round 2 with one of those picks at 36 and 40 they take mccarthy and then he's starting early in the season fine i want to pair the new coach which i think is going to be an offensive minded coach with a quarterback Marry those two together and let them figure this thing out for the next couple of seasons. And if it doesn't work swing again, but that is my goal. And I think it'd be a mistake if they don't come out of the early part of this draft with a quarterback. Let's go to Carlos and silver spring on Grant and Danny. What's up, Los? Hey buddy.
3: What's going on fellas. Um, Don't yell at me, please. Uh, But I I actually want us to trade down. I want us to build up some draft capital, take a, a page of the Boston Celtics playbook. I know it's football, but um, but if we do stay at the number two pick, I, I want us to go Marvin Harrison Jr. just so we can have somebody on the other side of Terry McLaurin. Uh, listen, guys, I, I'm not saying Sam Howell's our savior, but I want to see what he looks like behind an offensive line, a decent offensive line. You he had a Sam decent offensive line.
0: line this year. They were graded in the middle of the pack.
3: They were okay. They they gave up. I mean, there was. I mean, and it's it's not like he played terrible games. Look at the two games against the Eagles. He did really really well in. The the game he got a brass brass back against the Broncos, even though they're terrible, we were down 24 to nothing, and we came back and we won that game. Yeah, he had a few good
0: games. He did some good things.
3: I I think he just needs another another year in some offense. I I want us to go out and get Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, and I think that would be a match made in heaven, especially with our two backs, Christian Rodriguez and, and Brian Robinson. I think it would just be very beneficial.
0: So you want to see more Sam Howell is your point? And while if they didn't have a first-round pick, I might be able to play that game with you, the number two overall pick and the opportunity to immediately, even if you miss, draft a guy who, in the same way, with, when they went from Heineke to Howe, they upgraded in arm strength. They upgraded in athleticism. They upgraded in like everything that matters that you actually can grade from a quarterbacking prospect. They upgraded in. They would be doing that again by taking – Drake May, as an example, or Jaden Daniels, to to take another one. You're saying, eh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just surround Sam with more and run it back. I ask you again, how are you going to find me, my quarterback? Because the answer isn't, well, Sam Howell's going to become that. Maybe, but th- that's not what we're accepting right now. I'm saying, what is your plan? Your plan can't be, I want to see more of Sam Howell. That's not a way to, to get, are you acquiring me a quarterback or not? Doesn't sound like he wants to acquire me. Well. No, he it, wants to just wait and kick the can down the road a year. And here's what and I'll so say: You're not
1: picking second. It's it's probably unfair, and I am putting that in quotation marks. If Sam Howe was a first rounder last year, I'd go, no, we, we need to we need to be patient. Let's let the kid grow and let's get a real regime in here and let's sort of see. Life ain't fair when you're when you're drafted where he was and you sat behind a couple of different guys and you had the ups and downs that he just did. You've got to make decisions in a hurry, and especially with this new regime already starting to be on board with Peters and who knows who's going to be on the staff and the coach, et cetera. I don't want to saddle anybody with anybody. I don't want to saddle any of my new guys who are here to change things because the the road behind us was awful. It's filled with uh, skunks and deer hit and my car's broken down and the the garbage is on fire and there's a tire fire and I got mugged 10 times. I don't want to do anything that's back there. I'm not saddling any of my new guys with anybody. Now, if if Ben Johnson, for the sake of argument, comes in and goes – I want this Hal kid around. I want him as my backup. I like him. He's the perfect candidate for that. But great. Whatever you say, Mr. Johnson. Thank you so much for being here. But I'm not going to do a thing where I impose that. And I go, I want to see. I don't have time for want to see. I've got a unique opportunity at two. If they were picking 17th. I'd go, well, yeah, yeah. do I want to trade totally. seven picks to go up the number four or, you know, and, and roll with yeah, Hal again? If, I'd if probably it's do that. JJ
0: McCarthy at 26 or something versus Sam Howell, It's a whole different conversation. But the, the, The combo has changed. Let's Mm -hmm. acknowledge this. You have the number two pick in the country. Number two. Mm -hmm. This has been a draft that has been viewed as two quarterbacks that will go one and two kind of all along. Williams or May. What's the order? What's it look like? And you're picking second. You have a lottery ticket. The amount of things that had to go your way to get to the number two spot is unbelievable. You're going to pass on a quarterback? This is not anti-Sam Howell, by the way. People may hear it that way. It's not. I don't have a problem with Sam Howell. I'm quite sure that Ben Johnson, who's going to be better if he's the head coach here, than Eric Bienemy was at designing the offense around Sam Howell and making him look good, ideally, hopefully, he'll be better. I'm quite sure that in his second year with more experience and a better situation and maybe more balance or whatever might come with a, a new OC, Sam Howell might look better, right? Whatever leads to that. It doesn't change the ceiling that we're talking about, that if you hit on Drake May, you get Justin Herbert. I guess what I would ask people is, if I told you that in three years, Drake May is Justin Herbert, would anybody say don't draft him? I bet you there are still people that would go, well, yeah, because I want to see what Sam is. Or, man, it'd be nice to have Marvin Harrison Jr. You have a chance to draft a franchise quarterback. How many years do you have this chance at a quarterback of this caliber? It's so rare. They haven't had that opportunity since. 11 years. Well, 2020, they passed up on it. But 2012, right? Yep. I mean, that was the last time. Let's go to Zeke in D.C. What's up, Zeke?
4: Yes. Yeah, so how you doing? Do you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, yeah, well, I agree. We definitely should have, uh, our first pick should be a quarterback. But what I would, um, one of the things Peter said is that he wants to build a team, you know, through the draft. So what I would do is entertain two teams that are behind us. I know there's the Titans and the Giants because if we, if we can get some draft capital from them, because I saw one mock draft where the Giants were offering like five picks for to get one of those top quarterbacks. So my I think we should definitely get a quarterback, maybe pick number five or six, trade back, get some more draft capital. So here's the only um, question
0: I'll ask you, though. Let's, go I'm going to follow your your plan, right? Washington trades out of the number two spot, and they go back to number six. And then in the draft, you're sitting there at six. Number one was Williams. Number two was May. Number three was Jaden Daniels. And let's say Michael Penix went five. And now you're sitting at six, and all the quarterbacks in the first round are gone. Now what do you do?
4: Well, they they won't be, because one of the teams is the Chargers. They're not going to pick a quarterback. Someone trades so up to take to them. Him.
0: Someone trades up in front of you, right? But I'm saying
4: there's at least four quarterbacks. Good Penix, uh, right. I think would be. But a you're, you just traded
0: back to six. All four went in the top five picks. You leave it up the chance that someone might trade up and take him. If the Chargers are sitting there, someone knows you're taking a quarterback. You like Penix. They well, now well, jump in front a, of you. But
4: they don't know. How would they know? We're not the old regime. We're not going to let out our secrets. Like, okay, but how do want? you
0: know what the Chargers are doing? How do you know uh, again? It's guessing. You're hoping at that point. You're just assuming that someone will be there. My point is, as a team, if you're hell-bent on getting a quarterback, you can't be assured at six you get one. I mean,
1: listen, that's a hell of a bet, by the way. If you move back in a draft for the sake of argument, we we decide there are four quarterbacks worth doing in the top ten. You move back beyond number four, where you're not guaranteed to get one of those guys, someone could swoop in. That's a swaggery move. It's not something I'm necessarily willing to do with with what I've got. If it works, great. Also, but they have that to scary?
0: evaluate Penix as equal to May. I highly doubt they're going to. Maybe they will. To me, and I like Penix a lot, I think he, he does some really good things, and I would be, depending on where you're drafting it, it could have been a good situation. If you got him in the early second round, I'd do a cartwheel. I can't do one, but I would try. I'd probably fall and get hurt. Uh, if you had the 23rd pick, I would draft <laughs> Michael Penix there. At number two overall, as an example, uh, with the difference between him and May, I think, is is pretty large. I mean, you talk about size, and and uh, he's got plenty of arm, but he's got a quirky kind of Phil Rivers, like, sidearm delivery thing. He's super accurate. I look at him a lot like Tua. Le- uh, they're both left-handed. It's maybe a lazy comp in that regard, but I think he's, he's Tua with a little more size and a little more arm strength. Like, I think he's a better version of him. It just so happens a lot of people put Tua near the top of the league. I'm just not a big Tua guy. I think Tua is created by great receivers and Mike McDaniel, and I think he's going to – if I was the Dolphins, I'd be looking to upgrade this offseason if I was Miami. Uh, let's go to Nate in Oxon Hill on G&D. What's up, Nate? What's up, Nate?
5: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I love the show, guys. Appreciate you. Um, hey, yeah, guys. I'm giving you guys a call. So, <laughs> I'm a 49er fan, and I'm calling in because you, you guys just got one of uh, one of the best questionnaires we've had in years.
0: Let's go. And
5: uh, – yeah, guys. So, Grant, look, to, to your point, you guys got to take a quarterback. You, we know that. Um, my wife's a diehard commander fan. She's like, yeah, we got to take a quarterback. Um, so, and, and, and if you look at everything, if you look at all the teams that are still out there right now, all of them have quarterbacks. It's just something that you have to do. But guys, I wanted to pose an evil genius question because this guy that you guys just got is a very, very smart evaluator of talent. What if What if he, you know, we don't know what the Bears are going to do with the picks. So let's say that the Bears were going to get Caleb Williams and they wanted to trade Justin Fields. Would you guys be okay? Would you guys take Justin Fields, right? And then trade down and, you know, maybe get, you know, maybe get two or three first round picks?
0: Sorry. So, so what's the, you're saying trade what for Fields?
5: Yeah, like so that th- th- that would be the thing. I guess it would have to be like a two uh, like a three-way trade or something like that. But would you guys be willing just to take Fields, right, instead of drafting a quarterback at number 2?
0: Not for me. No. Justin Fields needs to be paid a huge amount of money next really year. soon, yeah. The, the entire benefit of having a young quarterback you're developing is that you don't have to pay them a lot of money. You, you would be getting Fields and this is why I think the Bears would be insane to keep Fields this offseason over Caleb Williams, and I don't think they're going to, even though everyone is suggesting they might. Justin Fields needs to be paid next offseason mm-hmm. massively. Like, we're talking $40-plus plus million a year probably. That's the going rate yep. for a franchise quarterback on a second contract. So I would be, at that point, trading multiple picks, including a second rounder presumably, to get Fields, then paying him $40 million a year. I'm not even convinced he's worth any of that. Or that I'm sold on him, uh, personally. Let's say that you were, though, that as a package over just taking I'm gonna say Jaden Daniels in this hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels number two overall and having him on a rookie contract. And starting the clock at and zero. And having five seasons in a row of him on a rookie contract, I would and the draft picks that you traded for fields you have to surround him with, no chance I would trade for Fields while sitting at two. Yeah, and Again, I like it would have been possible, maybe, Danny, if they were 20th pick right but having number two changes all of this in my opinion. 100 now i like
1: fields more than you do and it even still doesn't make good sense to do that like let's say it would have to be some kind of thing where you swapped two to six and there's some kickers and incentives there even from chicago to make me do that but even still to your point it's your this is a big experiment then you basically have to decide am i giving him an enormous contract extension asap and you're basically now tied to that person, cap wise, build wise, etc. And again, I like Fields. It just this number two pick with that clean slate is too appealing to me to move off of it for almost anything.
0: Let's clap it up for calls today. Good calls. Good calls. Good, Good banter. hustle, everybody. Good combo. Agreeing, disagreeing. Good spirit. We liked it. Right. Good Smart energy on the points floor. points by everybody. Sharp broadcast. Ben Standing of the Athletic. I want to ask him this very quarterback question. We'll talk about the head coaching search as well, and then. Uh, it went so well, maybe we can continue to converse with the masses on the MGM National Harbor listener lines as we continue. Grant and Danny on the fan. G&D on the fan, we're taking you up to 6.30. Bet QL guest hotline, bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app, visit BetQL.com. That's where our buddy Ben Standig of The Athletic is. Get you up to speed on everything going on with the commanders. Benjamin, sounds like today they were interviewing Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn. I'm guessing those were still Zoom interviews. They're not doing anything in person right now, even with the guys who have been eliminated, right?
6: Correct. Uh, In-person starts on Monday. So, yeah, unless I'm missing something, they're doing these – over the old Zoom, and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's the preliminary stuff, and then we'll find out who the real, you know, their main candidates are once we get to the in-person stuff.
0: Yeah, am I crazy for saying, like, I, I hate to use the dog and pony show here, but the, the first lists that come out for all these teams, some of these teams are interviewing, I think the Panthers had like 13 people or whatever. It's easy on a Zoom for 90 minutes to, to, to have a coaching interview, but when you fly someone into Harris's house and sit on the couch and, And you talk about their staff and you get after it for four hours or whatever. Like, to me, that's the real round. That's next week. Am I kind of off on how I view this? And also, how many interviews do you expect in that round?
6: Yeah, no, you are not wrong. I always wonder, like, how often does, if you're going to interview over, say, five or six people, how often does interviewing somebody over that number actually lead to that person getting that job? or at a minimum getting a job, you know, kind of the next year. Because th- it, it does feel like it's, I don't know, for show a bit excessive, a, a, a chance to say, boy, we're scouring every, you know, every corner of the league for help when ultimately it comes down to two, two or three people at most, and we kind of already predicted who those were in advance. Um, but in terms of the Washington, I don't know. I mean, you know, they had two people at the finalists for the GM job, I'm gonna guess a little more than that, but maybe not more than three or four. I, I would I would assume would be my guess. So, Ben, I
1: ha- I'm kind of theorizing. I have no evidence here. I'm just a pudgy dude in a studio. I think they already know who the guy is. I think they've already. I think they already have this done in their minds. Maybe something could change it over the next handful of days or so. But I think they've got this more or less locked in. Is is that crazy to believe?
6: Uh. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, it's kind of felt that way with the GM situation, right? Like I had been hearing at least for a couple weeks before it happened that Adam Peters was the one to beat. Now, whether that's, you know, a game of telephone or the the truth, you know, that's the part that's hard to gauge. Here, Ben Johnson is obviously the name that gets mentioned the most. I would imagine, you know, they got to have, you know, have to have significant uh, alternate options because he's going to be a guy that a lot of teams Want, but yeah, I mean, based on what we just saw with the GM search, it's not wrong to think that at all. I think the question then becomes, who else is interested? I think if Washington really, really is honed in on Ben Johnson, I think the last week or so has gone great for them, because when you have Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh and Mike Rabel enter the discussion, uh, now all of a sudden, some of these teams are going to be looking in, in those directions, and now you know that 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 takes you know Ben if it was Ben Johnson like a month ago. It was Ben Johnson, and then you figure out number two. Now, he's not necessarily the number one guy for certain teams, and I think that could actually you know help Washington.
1: Everybody, Ben, standing at the Athletic with us here on G&D. So if it's not Ben Johnson, who I know we end up over talking about, who's it going to be if it's not him?
6: Yeah, well, I think at that point, I think it really is sort of a level – playing field. Like we haven't heard yet if they're interested in Mike Vrabel. I, I think that's obviously you know, a guy who's had to, some success in this league. That would be interesting for what it's worth. You know, he and, and uh, he was a, with the Patriots the same time that Adam Peters was a scout. That was 100 years ago. So I'm not saying that means anything, but they were. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by Raheem Morris. It feels like, you know, this is the year he finally gets another shot somewhere to be a head coach. Uh, we'll see. That's clearly more of the, he's a defensive coordinator. That's more of the leader of men type hire than this uh, offensive play caller type. Cause if it's, if you still want offense, I mean, you're kind of not down to, you know, is it Bobby Slowick who, you know, look, maybe he's the next hot young guy, but he's a one-year coordinator. That That's not, that's a pretty thin resume. They haven't interviewed anybody else like a Brian Callahan with the Bengals or Dave Canales with the Bucks. Maybe that changes with Peters on board, but, you know, I, it's mostly defensive guys, so if they don't get Johnson based on their list, I, I guess I would assume it's more likely to be a defensive guy.
0: Ben Standing of the Athletic. So to be clear, you mentioned Brable. You, you kind of threw some names out there. They have not requested permission to interview him. Do you think they're still going to add to their list? Or the six guys that we've been hearing about for now in 10 days, is that it?
6: Yeah, I, I think the current list is, is seven. Uh, you know, the fact that Peters has come on board since – they were, you know, came up with that list of seven. Kind of makes me think there will be some other ones, at least you would think virtually, and then go from there. Like, you know, uh, 49ers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Peters has been uh, with him this season. You know, I mentioned some of those other offensive coordinators, and then uh yeah, then a guy like Ray Ball. I, I don't know. You know, he, he feels like he's sort of the mix. Like I'm not putting him in the Harbaugh Belichick category, but you know, he's a little bit of an older guy who's had some kind of success, uh, but he would, you know, at his age, he could be around for another, you know, a couple of decades if things go well. Whereas, like a Belichick is, a, is a clearly more of a short-term play. So, I don't know. I guess it's possible. Look, seven is a pretty good number. I like. I just said there was, you know, at some point it becomes feels like it becomes overkill. But at the same time, when you only have two d- offensive coordinators in that mix, I, I kind of think you would look to add somebody else.
1: Ben, what could derail this? And and I guess what I'm talking about is I'm going to assume an offensive mind is here. New ownership group, new GM, new, uh, you know, offensive minded head coach to kind of get this whole thing started again. And, you know, everybody's firing up the bandwagon and we're talking about all the glory days coming back in short order. What's the one thing that could say, you know, we're looking up in a few years going, okay, it looks like we have to start over again. Like what could derail this thing?
6: Well, I mean, just to use Josh Harris's uh, time with the Sixers, you know, Somebody, you know, Markel Fultz could could forget how to shoot and Ben Simmons could uh, never want to shoot. Uh, you know, whatever the football equivalents are, I mean, <laughs> these things can can happen, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, it feels like they're off to a good start with the Adam Peters signing. You know, whatever coach they bring in, I know there's preferences for some over others, but whichever one they'll bring in, you know, will be viewed as, uh, at least, a, you know, in a positive just because it's new and different and it's being chosen by a new and different you know, uh, brain trust in the organization. But, you know, you never know. I mean, you know, whatever quarterback everybody falls in love with here, you know, knock on wood, that person gets, you know, hurt the first season. And then all of a sudden things can go sideways or, you know, whatever. So weird things happen. We're all, we're talking about, you know, trying to project human beings over the next three, four, 10 years of their life. You never know. But, I at least like the fact that, you know, they feel, like I said, they feel like they're on sound footing at this point. And I think based on that alone is reasonably optimistic. And then you just got to hope the breaks go your way.
0: Ben standing of the athletic grant and Danny with you on the fan and the conversation here, speaking to quarterback, I have decided to put my stance in Sharpie. It's QB or bust for me at the top of the first round. Number two, overall, I'll give them a little bit of wiggle room if they can move back a pick or two and, Still get a quarterback that starts, but for me, it's it's sit at two and take Drake May. But I think it'd be a big mistake not to. What say you?
6: I think I'm largely with you. Obviously, the Jaden Daniels situation is going to require more evaluation because, at least for us to hear from, because he was kind of you know kind of came out of nowhere this year, and some some evaluators wonder if he's you know at six four, is just a little too thin to, to to play the way he does and take that kind of punishment. But if we assume that he is worthy of, you know, a top three, four, five, six spot, then, yeah, I think I'm I'm largely with you. The only opposite, the only way would be if the draft, if the trade haul that you got is just, you know, so spectacular that you kind of can't say no. And you say, all right, well, we're going to, you know, try to take a, a Michael Penix at the top of the second round, that type of thing. Then I think I'm, I think I'm largely with you.
1: Ben, pleasure as always, my friend. Thanks for the time.
6: Uh, Guys, I appreciate it, too.
0: Go check him out. Ben Standing's done great work covering this offseason in the Athletic. He will continue to, and you can read his work there. Uh, Let's get into what he had to say about the possibility that they are pretty far down the road when you asked about that. And then also, if it's not Johnson, then what? Grant and Danny on the fan. Glad Ben Standing hopped on with us. I want to get into something we covered with him, which is, if not Ben Johnson, who are they going to settle on? And what would be the biggest threat to them getting their guy? Why wouldn't they be able to land their first choice? Uh, we could tackle that top of the hour. A couple of people have been waiting patiently to give their thoughts on the quarterback combo we were having. I personally believe that the commanders absolutely have to take a QB at 2 and I asked, what say you guys? Mike's in Arlington. You're on Grant and Danny. What's up, Mike?
3: Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, my, for me, it all depends on which coach we pick. And, and the reason why I say that is because if we somehow were to go for Caleb Williams, it wouldn't really make sense with a Ben Johnson if, if you're going for a quarterback who hasn't really shown the ability to work on schedule from the pocket. The second point I wanted to ask was you guys have, like, connections with people in the NFL – I'm wondering, do you ever, like, try to get coached up and learn about the X's and O's and build up your football acumen and and be able to speak the vernacular and really know what you're talking about?
1: It's a Good question. Yeah, I mean, I I like to learn whenever I can. And that's not just hyperbolic. Uh, I do. I like to to pick the brain of people that are smarter than me and figure out why and things like that. So I don't have the access maybe that Grant does, certainly, but – yeah, it's that's something I would always be welcome to or uh, open to do.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it just depends, right? Like some coaches are more open to sitting down and chatting than others, right? Jack Del Rio at one point this season invited people to come watch film with him. I don't know if they took him up on it or if he was actually going to do that or not. Uh, I was lucky that when I was on the beat for four years, a lot of the young guys on Kyle Shanahan's staff, including Kyle, were very cool about uh, interacting with the media and explaining things and. I got to travel to the Senior Bowl and the Combine and spend a lot of time with those guys and sat in a room where Kyle was drawing up some of his favorite plays on a board and had good relationships with LeFleur and McVay, and those guys are still cool um, to me and and to a lot of the local guys that they they were around. They're just good people. Yeah. They keep those relationships. But I guess long story short, if I uh, think really highly of someone, I ask a lot of questions to them. Like I've watched a film with Logan Paulson, and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll say, Hey, Logan, what do you think about this guy? Or uh, how's this guy's blocking? for me a lot of the opinions i'll give because i'm not a scout and i didn't play it in the national football league i'm going to tap into smart people um, but i also think you you know a lot is learned there's G- howie Roseman didn't play in the nfl he's a general manager who's won titles mm-hmm. right like you, you you can figure a lot of things out especially in this analytical era i try to you know pride myself on having as many numbers and information as you can but in terms of like the actual football acumen yeah, I'll uh, I'll tap into whatever resources I can to continue to learn from smart people.
1: Yeah, here, here. Uh, one of my favorite conversations all, actually was off air. I don't remember the day, but Santana Moss was was here. Uh, it was a couple years ago, and I learned more about some of the intricacies of receiving in that like thirty minutes, just him demonstrating this thing or explaining what this term meant or whatever, than I'd ever really appreciated. It. It's like, yeah, run fast, quick break, get open. Some of those subtleties where he was talking about what he did with his eyes or what he would do to, you know, get a defender on his hip, despite the fact that he wasn't, you know, 6'4", 225 pounds, built like Megatron or whatever.
0: Just, I love stuff like that. So, yeah. There's also just a lot of information out there now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people teach themselves a lot of scheme and, and, you know, some of these people doing film breakdowns didn't necessarily get to sit in a film room with coaches, right? But there's a lot of intel with YouTube and coaches who do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, showing the play that they ran or breaking something down. I love watching some of that. Like, like
1: Baldinger, those Colt McCoy series that he's doing for some of the podcasts. Yeah, I, even, I,
0: I mean, like even at the like, high hey school coaches oh, are right. doing yeah. stuff, just designing concepts and, and showing you on the board. It's cool. It's cool to dive into a lot of that. You know who's really good right now, who I love? Have you guys watched um, any of JT O'Sullivan's stuff? That's called QB School. Oh my God, I love it. He's great. I have no file on that guy. Who's that? So, JT O'Sullivan was like a long time, mostly backup ish type quarterback. Name in the name's familiar, NFL. yeah. Played for the Saints, I remember, I think, San Francisco. He
1: was drafted by San
0: Francisco. He was drafted by the Niners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so he was a kind of a, a mediocre quarterback, but he, he played in Canada, whatever. But he is, I've tried to get him on the show, and he just doesn't do radio for whatever reason. But uh, he has a thing on it's a YouTube channel called The Quarterback School. And he'll do sometimes like 45 minute breakdowns of one guy's game that day. He's done it for Sam or different quarterbacks, and I, I love it. Now, I've seen, in the same way they would do it with you and I, like some of the coaches have taken issue with something you said or whatever, and that's always going to happen. But I get smarter every time I watch that. Mm. Like I find stuff like that that I like too. Uh, Chris is in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris? Chris.
7: What's going on, guys? Um, what are you eating? So going,
0: you're
7: uh, not going to like it, the salad. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: No, guys? let's you gotta, you gotta let him do it. You gotta let him do it. We're oh, all punishing ourselves.
7: But, I mean, it was preceded by three pieces of pepperoni pizza. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: There it is. Balance. I he said you're not gonna like it. Yeah, balance <laughs> is the key
1: to life, or something. Uh, what do you got?
7: Well, I want to talk about draft, but you mentioned something earlier about what could make this all go wrong. Like we sound like we we're on the precipice of a new era and we're so excited. Well, this draft pick at number two at a quarterback, uh, could either be fantastic or it could be a disaster. There's nothing quite like drafting a bad quarterback that can set your organization back multiple years. I mean, look at what happened with post RG three, right? Uh, just a couple of other guys that come to name, like, you know, we're talking about Justin Fields, uh, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, all those guys have only one winning season uh, with their original team, and many of them had their coaches fired. So if you screw up this pick, uh, it could be curtains for a lot of people. That's why it's so
0: important. Yeah, it'll, I think opinion, what it'll be be real quick because we we got about 30 seconds left in the hour.
7: Okay. I am totally off Caleb Williams. I see so many red flags with that guy, and I I think he is potentially poison. So uh, hopefully Drake May is there. If not, then I just don't want them to pick Caleb Williams just because he's been so highly touted. Appreciate, Appreciate you, buddy. Dude. Thanks.
0: I want to get into the idea of if they miss the pick, how damaging that could be, so we could do that start of next hour. On Caleb Williams, I've got some of the same fears. I'm not going to go as hard as he did in terms of red flags because I don't know where these rumors are coming from. But when you hear things like supposedly the family wants assurances he, he can maybe have a part ownership not allowed, or if, if the Bears are taking he doesn't want to play there. No one's come out to shoot any of that down, which is weird to me. Mm. I don't know if any of it's true or not, but I just don't love some of that surrounding him but I'm not going to cast him aside yet. Grant and Danny on the fan.